Just about everybody in the Phoenix Suns brain trust has changed in the year 2023. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, Phoenix Suns beat reporter Dwayne Rankin joins us to answer the question of how all of that could affect their culture this upcoming season. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Suns your first listen on Thursday. Hopefully your first listen. We are coming to you a little bit later, but appreciate each and every one of you for joining us. Hit follow, hit subscribe if you have not already. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube. All you have to do is hit that button. Get this show in your feed every Monday through Friday. Become an everydayer and get locked on to the Suns every day between now and the end of next year's free agency. That is uh, my commitment to you. All you got to do to get it is follow, subscribe, of course. Uh, Today's show uh, is with Dwayne Rankin, the beat reporter at the Arizona Republic of these Phoenix Suns. He has been on this show numerous times. You know his work. You know him. And we're going to talk culture. Um, Dwayne, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a little while, and this is a perfect time to catch up because you uh, have been at all the press conferences. You've been in all the places that not all of us have, and you've interviewed Frank Vogel recently for a piece, interviewed James Jones earlier in the summer, so I think you are uh, one of the only people that can speak in some ways to what we're talking about today since it is early on in this new uh, era for the Suns. But if I just were to kind of ask you in a general sense, with all those changes, what the biggest effect on the culture positively, negatively, I doubt you'll say negatively because we don't know, but what what's the effect going to be on how it feels in that locker room, in that practice facility day-to-day versus how it might have the past three years? Again, I, I understand the whole idea of, of, of culture, but the, the culture was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monty mm-hmm. Williams wasn't like it. I mean, it was, it was I mean, they had a, a sense of uh, commitment, a sense of, uh, as he called them, a work team. Yep. And uh, I think there were a lot of guys that, they had on the roster. I think the roster changes is more mm-hmm. of it than the culture. Um, and then that will affect roster change. Okay. Who, who, who does what, you know, you don't have guys in the locker room now, like Chris Paul who held guys accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have Toy Craig. Who's a guy that, you know, just blue collar, you know, would do whatever uh, to help the team win. So on the one hand, you, you, you lose, you, you lost the one guy, you traded away the one guy that held everyone accountable. And then, you know, Tory obviously isn't back with the team. But on the flip side, you know, you're bringing in, you know, you're bringing in Bradley Beal. And, you know, the word has been, well, hey, you know, they want him to be himself. They don't want him to change. They want him to continue to be the player that he is. And so you're asking, like, how does he fit in? Like, you're still wondering, how does he fit in? Yeah. Um, and that's part of the culture. Like, how does, how do guys, because now, you know, when you have a Durant, and Booker and Beal. Now you've got 
you, know, you got a little Hollywood going here, you know, and, and, and so it's and so now it's like, okay, how does that work? Um, how does how does you know Durant's first full training camp? Okay, how does he? I mean, because last year, last year was just a rush job. Hey, look, get in, try to figure this out. He got hurt. Then, you know, so you didn't really know, you don't you don't really know how he's going to mesh with guys. Sure. It was on the fly. So how does he mesh with guys? I think that impacts the culture uh, right out the box. And then it becomes Vogel's job. How does he bring everyone together? Uh, you know, he's talked about building relationships, wanting guys to, you know, to, to have, you know, fit, know their personal lives and things of that nature so how does that work as he's talked about he's, he's had numerous conversations with players so they're building a rapport okay how does that translate once you get in the locker room and you start the season okay you start well all right it looks good or if you start bad okay then now you'll see how those relationships that he's built how that impacts what they do moving forward so i'm more interested in the and the whole idea of how the players uh, take to each other because it's a basically a new roster, and then how does Vogel bring that together? And then what does James Jones do in terms of okay, we may need this now. Okay, I see what it is after a couple months. We we need this now with this team. Okay, does that mean you're making a move? I, I see moves coming. I, I just don't see how you stay packed, even with the team that they have. I don't see how you do it. You know, you got four max guys. I know Aiton is the one guy that they're like, hey, you know, you're hearing if they're gonna move somebody, it's gonna be him. How does that work? Like, 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 how is James gonna see the roster and then figure that out moving forward on what they need? And then on top of all of that is obviously Matt Ishby, the new team owner. He's already shown it. Look, I'm willing to spend money. I'm willing to trade whoever. I'm willing to do whatever yeah. <laughs> to make this happen. And so now what? What's the next step in that? Does he continue to be that person? Or does he say, hey, look, let's just pause for a second and let's just see how this plays out. That's I'm interested in those kind of things when I think about culture because, mm -hmm. again, the moves that they've made have told you, okay, they're willing to do whatever. Will they continue to be to have that mentality, do whatever, do what they have to do, uh, when you look at the money they're spending, I mean, it, it's just a lot to unpack. Yeah. So I'm curious about all of those things and how that leads to what they end up doing with the roster. Because to me, I look at it and I go, a lot of talent, is this going to work? And yeah. if it doesn't work early, or if they're looking at it, go, well, what do we need to do to change it? Now, what is Ishmael willing to do mm -hmm. along with James? to make this happen, to make the roster better, because the goal is championship. No matter how you get the roster to the playoffs, yeah, yeah. whatever that is, is what you're going with. So the obvious young they're willing to make changes, are, is that more to come? Or will that be his MO on how he develops the team? Yeah. Or will he stick to something and say, this is what we're doing? So let's... Let's uh, get to the, the Jones and Ishbia stuff as we move forward. But I want to return to the player side that you mentioned to start things off, because I agree that's just as if not more relevant than than some of the uh, front office and, and whatever, because um, at the end of the day, like they, they compete and, and they're going to set the tone in their own way. And that departure of Chris Paul is a big one. It, it remains to be seen, you know, wh whether you would call it good or bad, but it, it's going to be very right. different. Um I I kind of think of it though too in in this season or with this incarnation of the roster as somewhat of a work 
team in a different way, right? Like, I guess that's what Monty said. But, you know, to me, that always came across as like instituting a, a program of improvement and development as a group and as individuals because the team was starting from a place of being really young and, and raw, right? But right. I think that Vogel's approach combined with w- what we know about Durant and Booker and what it seems like is true about Beal, although I, I can't speak to him nearly as well, is um, that, that that is kind of the approach, too, there of as long as the best players in the coach are coming hungry and with, a, I, don't, I guess, like creativity or willingness to kind of tinker and, and try stuff and, and be aggressive, then that'll just trickle down and the young guys, the role players, everybody will just sort of play up to that level and be ready for anything because the coach and the best players are. Um, but it is that that's pretty different than, than how things kind of worked around here before. I think a lot of it just comes down to Booker and that, that seems to me that it would be the environment he would kind of set around, around here if, if it was up to him and it kind of is up to him now. Well, just, just speaking on that, I've talked with Devin about this a couple, you know, a couple times over, over the time, over the years. And he said that Chris is the one that will call people out that he wasn't necessarily Devin himself wasn't necessarily the one that would do that all the time. And that Chris was, was the one that would, that he knows will do that. Okay. So is Devin going to be that person that calls out people? Is he going to be the one that's in guy's face? Um, constant, you know, Chris was constant. <laughs> there was no let up in that in him. Uh, you know, Devin going to be that constant person that does that. Is he? Is he that? Is he the one to be that? Maybe it's Bradley Beal. We don't know. Or does it have to be Maybe anybody? Right? Be. Does that? Does well, that have to happen? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to. But if you look at teams, um, and, and this is a different era. I mean, you know, uh, earlier you might have a guy. This is my team. Mm-hmm. You know, or this is my team. You know, you might have that, like a LeBron. Like it's, it's his team. You know, he's the one that holds folks account. He's the one that leads. Whereas, you know, more recent teams, it's been more of a collective. I think Denver is more of a collective. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, uh, you know, more of a collective. Uh, you know, I, I think those teams are more of, okay, more than one person. And the Suns were like that too. I mean, Jay Crowder, when he was there, he was a behind the scenes guy. He wasn't the in your face out in public. He was the one that was behind us. Hey, look, man, <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's relax here. You know, I, we need you to do this, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, so, but who are those guys? Doesn't have to be one guy, but Devin is the guy. So, if it's, so you would think it would be him, but it doesn't have to be one guy. You know, we don't know. It was Kevin going through a training camp. Now, is he going to be more comfortable going to somebody and be like, "Hey, yeah, you know, you know whether it's DeAndre or whether it's whoever." Hey, look, man, you know, and and with each other. That's the other thing, like. Like this big three, like all three of those going to hold each other to this higher standard, you know, because they are what's going to move and make this team go. Like if they if, if they don't come to play, if they don't play well, this team has no shot at winning the championship. They don't have other guys on the team that can make up for that. So mm-hmm. are they going to hold each other to this higher standard that makes you that makes each of them want to play at a higher level? And then it becomes all right. And then the other guy looking at them and go, "Oh wow, Kevin just said something to Devin." Okay, 
So if, if, if Devin's handling it and can take that, all right, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm Damian Lee. I'm taking this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Yuta. I'm taking this. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm base drop. I'm taking this. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, the great teams seem to police themselves. Yep. Uh, Miami has this culture, but at the same time, Jimmy Butler is that guy. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody arguing that. They like it's him. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, it's like, how do they make this all mesh and work? And I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how all of that plays out, particularly early in the season when they're going to have kinks. They're going to be trying to figure out mm-hmm. who gets frustrated with who. <laughs> who, yeah. who says, hey, you know? I mean, I think. The way you're putting it tracks with with where my head's at. Where uh, and I think you the way you're putting it is is helpful context because I feel like you know book was doing that more toward the end of last season and and it does right. inevitably I think you know we could expect Kevin Durant to change his stripes in his mid 30s but I, I just don't think he wants to be that on a team and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. And, and so, and, and Beal is, you know, at the end of the day, the, the most recent addition, as well as the thir- third on the pecking order at, at best, and also has been a pretty quiet guy through his career. So inevitably it's going to have to be Booker, but that doesn't mean that Devin Booker has to become Chris Paul, right? It, it, it can be right. its own approach. I think the Miami example right. and other ones are good where it doesn't have to be one guy barking at everybody, but it does have to be at the end of the day, the buck stops with who, you know, and Right. And I think that's especially with a, a a coach that's not known for being in everybody's faces either. You know, I, I right. think that will have to settle itself out. It will be a, a storyline early in the season. Let's talk about what might be a storyline later in the season, which is additional moves, additional pressure potentially to make moves or whatever. If that start is not perfect, we'll do that after a quick break. Today's show brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. You know you do. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand, and Jace Medical is simple. Think of it like a first aid kit for antibiotics. You don't want to be without a Band-Aid. You don't want to be without pain meds. You also don't want to be stuck without antibiotics. Jace Medical handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, as well as ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting those life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout over at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code locked on. All right, coming back with Dwayne Rankin, beat reporter uh, covering the Phoenix Suns for the Arizona Republican, azcentral.com, talking culture and talking about the changes in the Suns' brain trust as well as the roster, really every single thing about this franchise outside of James Jones. So let's start with him, actually, because he hasn't changed. Um, With the... Part of what I've always said, Dwayne, that I think James is good at as an executive, part of why he's been successful, even though fans have gotten frustrated that he's not as um, aggressive at times or maybe not as vocal and front and center as different people are. But I think his kind of superpower as as an executive 
to me is he he knows how to work with the people that are on his team at any given time and execute whatever the vision is of that group, whether that's Robert Sarver, whether that's Monty Williams, whether that's uh, now Matt Ishbia. Like we've seen right. Jones do whatever kind of the job at hand was as the people giving him that job changed, you know, okay, go get Tory Craig back for me from Monty Williams. Or, right. uh, you know, right. when he first took the job, it's like, tear this thing down and make us respectable again, please. That was the instructions from Robert Sarver. Right. Now, right. you know, now Matt right. Ishbia, it's like, do whatever you need to do to get me superstars. And he did it. Right. So right. I guess my question there is, now that Monty's gone and Vogel or uh, and Jones, obviously he hired Monty, but that feels a little different. He, he kind of went through a more sprawling process this time and landed on Vogel. What do you think the, the, the vision or the, the new perspective, like are we going to see a new kind of vibe from James Jones now that he's kind of a little more the guy around this franchise. I mean, he's always been, but he has a promotion and he had, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. is it going to be different or more of the same? Well, it's interesting because, you know, there was the whole, the whole idea that, you know, Ishbia is in and, and the Ishbia is making the decisions and then James isn't yeah. making, isn't, isn't as, isn't making as many decisions as Ishbia. It's more like Ishbia was, you know, hey, look, I want this, you know, I want that, I want this, yeah. I want that. Whereas I, I think, I think Jones deserves a serious amount of credit for what he was able to do with the limited dollars that he had. I mean, I mean, he brought in some dudes that I mean, I'm like, wow, like they got that guy, yeah. they got him, they got Eric Gordon for what they got him for. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like he, he brought some guys that that can help you win. And so on minimum deals, you know, and so if you want to talk about culture, one thing I find interesting, I think what the Suns model is now, is, okay, look, we're going to bring you in. You got a chance to win a championship. If you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get your money, whether it's with, whether it might be with somebody else. Mm -hmm. You might come in and, and, and blow up and play well for us, win a title, and another team wants you. And then, then you get paid that way. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jock Landale, like, look, did you see his contract? <laughs> so, yep. so, so I'm going, I'm going, wow. You know, I'm like, maybe that's the motto. Maybe that's maybe that's going to be the motto if they're going to continually be in this situation where they're over the second tax apron and they have very little money that they're going to bring guys and say, look, you have a chance to play with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, DeAndre Hayden. And you have a chance to win a championship here. And then, and then you have a you have a player opt, and then you can go and really get paid somewhere else, or get paid more than what we're paying. Yeah, yeah. I think that is something that that, that it takes a certain kind of player now because you're betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, Josh Akogi betting on himself, like he's coming in, he's coming back, and he's like, well, I got to make this happen, where you know, where I can eventually get 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 money. So that is what you may end up seeing. In terms of Jones's selling point, sure, not necessarily develop guys, but say, look, you're already developed. You've already did this for three, four years. We're going to bring you in, 
and you're going to get a chance to play on the on on the biggest stage because the Suns are are, are are the show now. Like I yeah. mean, like Aiden has just has said it said it like we're the show. Like that is really the show now. Like this, yeah. this right yeah. here is about to be something crazy. So so now these guys are coming in and. You know, if Cater base if he if he plays well, I mean, there's going to be teams like looking at him like, hey, you can help if you help them win one, maybe you can help us win one. So yeah, because they're only giving them one two year, you know, giving them two year deals. So it's like they're coming in, and if they play well and help the team win a championship, then that makes them that their value is higher. Yeah, and then somebody else may want it, or the Suns might end up. But I I could see that being the formula. Well, in the money situation that they're in right now. And the and the quote, the phrase that James Jones used to you in that interview was that I've really clung on to was mid-prime veteran. Right. And and that's that's the key, that's the code word that I think, you know, it, it really explains their approach here is and and they do just like the front office, uh, you know, I don't know who they would give credit to. I mean, they're not the types to say this guy or that guy. It's it's a team thing for them, right. but they did a great job in their kind of pro scouting department, right? Like what are the guys around the league that are under underrated, undervalued, but are actually quietly, they actually already have proved it. Like we're not talking about young guys who, you know, Peyton Pritchard in Boston, who people think might finally step up, but he's never played. It's just kind of a guess, you know, right. it's like, no, these guys are Kata Bates, Diop, Drew Eubanks, Yuta Watanabe, like these, even Jordan Goodwin getting him in the trade. Like these are guys where they've had flashes. Now let's see what they can do on a great team. It is pretty similar to what, you know, the Suns with Nash offered or the Spurs dynasty or the Warriors. Like when you're that great Miami. of a team, Miami, yeah. When you're that great of a team and you're that expensive, that that kind of has to be the selling point. But I think it's smart to like jump right to that and not waste any time being like, well, you know, if you don't think Tory Craig or Jock Landale or those guys are going to be able to to take another step forward, then I like that they didn't necessarily waste their time saying, "Well, we owe it to them," or "Let's let's focus on right. continuity." Like that's a pretty big change to wipe the whole slate clean when continuity had been such a uh, an emphasis right. for so long. But let's keep this going on the other side of one more break. We'll finally talk about Ishbi a little bit and uh, some of those trades that you wondered about at the beginning. Uh, we'll do that right after this. Excited to tell you about my favorite Locked On sponsor going, Bird Dogs, and their wonderful shorts, pants, and more. I love them. I didn't know if I would. We got samples, and I have been addicted. I wear them constantly around the house. Just got a new work-from-home job. In addition to doing the podcast, you don't get to see the shorts, but they're there, I promise you. I'm rocking the hat. I'm using the Tumblr. Everything I've tried has been awesome. And if you live in Arizona, like me, you need the sweat wicking fabric. It just is what it is. But the biggest part is you look great as well. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts made of that stiff, restricting cotton. And of course, that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric makes them perfect for the valley and perfect for any occasion. Golf date, a workout. Lounging around the house like I was, you can even wear them in the pool. Right now, you can also get a free water bottle when you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. 
take a look at their incredible offering. You won't want to take the bird dogs off. That's their promise. All right, we're closing out the show. Um, let's pick up on that uh, idea around the continuity versus finally kind of starting fresh. And and that's part of what I was getting at at the beginning with, with Jones, that he just executes whatever is sort of the task at hand. And I think in this case, it's it's pretty admirable to pivot so hard from what the, the focus had been, which is like, even if it's Tory Craig, even if it's Josh Okogi, even if it's campaign, we're going to give those t- guys time to flourish. Right. Um, and now a little less so we're going to trade campaign with, you know, some money and just say goodbye, right? right? Like it's just over now. Right. Um, so as we think about this season and they have these two trade exceptions for pain, as well as for, for Dario Saric still, they've gotten some pick flexibility that they didn't have after the Durant and Beal trades. This is the last year they can trade cash, although I'm not even sure how much they're able to trade since they've already done that a couple right. times. Um, right. and then they, they have a possibility of, of a mid or a, a buyout player, but only if they make less than the mid level. So who's that really going to be right. But, um, what are, what are you kind of keeping an eye on around what they might try to do? Is there a position you think, is there a certain player you think a lot is riding on to step up? Like what would that pressure or pushing toward another move look like if we did start to see it this year? Right, right. Well, well, just just a quick follow. You know, again with 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 Ishbia, I mean, yeah. he he is, he's you know he, he's come in and 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 he's he shook shook it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally, like you're literally watching some of these moves. I mean, and 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 the, the use of the pick swaps. Yeah. Like like those those are things that they they didn't hardly do that before. I don't I mean, know like, if anyone did that before. <laughs> that yeah, was exactly. pretty crazy, right? I don't Right, right. I don't, I don't recall them doing that much, if at all, before. And, and now it's like, you go, wow, like that's what you, you know. So, so those are things that, and it, it shouldn't be a surprise that they were able to manipulate the financial situation considering what he is, what he does for a living. Like that's why I say he had to be, he had to be in the room, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the moves that they it, like, like this, this isn't a surprise. Same as the Durant trade, scene. right? Like it was different when right, Sarver right. was negotiating. He gets in there and it's like, send everything. I don't care. I'll, I'll pay it. I'll give it up. Right, we don't have to right. have a future. It's done. Do it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's what I mean. Like, like he, 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 he and and again, will he continue to do that? But as far as when I'm looking at the team, like looking at the roster, um, Bobo. He's mm-hmm. interesting. Like, like I'm literally trying to figure out how is he going to fit with this? Mm. What, where does he play? Who, who do you have him on the floor with? Like, what, what can he, like, he has such a unique skill set and, and ability. And obviously the, the frame, you're looking at a seven foot two guy that's real thin, real thin, but he can, Hound the ball, uh, you know, rebounds a little bit, block. Like he, he can do so many different things. But like, where does this guy fit in with this team? Yeah. Like, like is he someone that if they can figure it out with him, could he be someone that could really inject something that that takes them to a place that they maybe didn't think they could go with it, or is this going to be just another stop, and he ends up somewhere else, and he's like on his fourth team in six seasons or seven? It's like, it's like what? I'm very curious about him, but as far as what they could do moving forward, yep. 
point guard. Like, 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 are they going to go out and, 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 and still be on the hunt for that, even if it's a backup? Are you, are you, are you going to ask Booker? Like, this whole idea of multiple ball handlers, which is what Vogel talked about, you know, multiple ball handlers that can, you know, create. And, and, no, and Kevin can create. Bradley can create. Obviously, Devin has improved in that, in that area. But, man, you're looking at that and going, boy, if they had someone that could – that could that could that could set set them up or at least get them involved in different ways. This team could really be something. But you know, Devin, this is he's about to be a super max guy next year. Mm-hmm. The 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 the, the two twenty whatever that is kicks in. So is it is this on him to to be the one that has the ball in his hand at the end of games and making the right plays and. You know, I've always, for me, when I watch him play, I want to. I would love to see him just go, just go for his and try to average thirty in a season. Mm-hmm. That is not going to happen. I, I, I've been wishing for it for four years. <laughs> it's not happening. All right, it, 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 you know, he's at twenty-seven, but I, I would love to see if he could go out and win a scoring title. I think he's capable of doing that. Bradley Bill did it, then Devin Booker can do it too. But then yeah. this team, I think he's going to be the one that's initiating offense. And creating for others, and I'm just curious to see if he can man that as well as be as best to having to score and do this. Do this. Do you go through two months of the season and go? You know what? All right, we we need to go get somebody. Yeah, we need to bring somebody in here to ease this off of him because you know I'm look we're looking at him and it's like man, can he maintain this? Not just for this year, but next year after because Durant's gonna still be there Bradley's bill still going to be there so I, I'm I'm curious to see point guard are they looking to bring someone in even if it's a backup mm-hmm. and what do they do with you know because they have a bunch of these guys that eventually they'll figure out who, who's going to play like that's so funny and you know this like you build a team and they and they have all the guys like oh wow and then you go well you know we're only 10 of y'all gonna play yeah you know and then it, in the play. biggest games, seven, eight of you are going to play. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, only eight of y'all going to play in the big game. You know, and the game is going to be tight. So, like, you got all these pieces. Then it becomes, okay, well, how, how do you utilize them? Like, how do you make all this work? Yeah. So, Bobo and point guard, how do they make, do they, do they, do they ultimately decide to bring one in, even if it's just a backup mm-hmm. to help with that? Or do, are they happy with what they got? Is a good one going to Maybe good one is is the answer. Sure, maybe. What what I would say is to to add to what you're talking about is I do like we don't see the trade exceptions often work out great. Sometimes teams just aren't even able to use them, Um, and this team it's going to really have to be that. Or obviously we'll we'll close with the other obvious possibility, but um, other teams around the league know what the rules are for what you're trying to do with right. with your trade exception. And so they're not exa- they're not necessarily incentivized to go out of their way to help you out. Hey, do you just exactly do you just you want out. our right. player? Like, okay, well, you know, right, I don't right, think right, we want right. to send him to you just for nothing. So, I think that there will have to be a level of aggressiveness. It it will probably feel like an overpay. It will probably feel um not in line with the exact value of a player. You know, we saw a lot of those 
We saw a couple of those last year, the Crowder trade with when he ended up going from Brooklyn after the Durant trade to Milwaukee, as well as the Rui Hachimura trade and maybe one or two others, or is it just like a, a bunch of second round picks? Do they just pile all their seconds up and send them to one team for one right. player? But it will have to kind of be aggressive. It will have to be probably sooner than the deadline. It'll probably have to be like, we're just picking one player that fits this and we're just going to do everything we can to get them, you know, but uh, let's close here. Uh, talking about trades and, and where things might go. The Suns with DeAndre Ayton, it's been a, a pretty... To me, their asking price has been it seemingly pretty high considering that they weren't right. going to accept... Uh, not pretty high like a, an all-star player or a, you know, a great first-round pick right. or something, but high as in we're not dumping him, right? Like the Mavs, yeah, right. the Mavs offer that was out there, it's like it seems like they were kind of intrigued by Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't really know why, but okay. Uh, and then... Now Buddy Heald is available. Maybe that'll get some traction. There's rumors he could be being uh, talked about in some sort of Lillard machination. Right. I don't know if that's real or not. But um, do you? Th- what do you think would have to happen for that asking price to go down for them in season and for them to feel like, let's just play this final kind of chip we have here? Because, I mean, it's... it's- it's one of those deals where as you get closer to the deadline, then you start looking at it and going, this isn't, if, if it's not working, mm-hmm. then it'd be, okay, this, this isn't, you know, if, if it's not working, okay, this isn't working. We, we, you know, we got, we got, we got to just cut our losses here and let's just get something that we think can help us. And so that's where they may end up being if it's not working. The, the hardest part is going to be, remember when, even a couple of years ago, they were getting down close to the trade deadline. I mean, they were rolling and at, and you were looking at them and you were going, "Are they going to do something? Yeah. Like, why would they do something? Like, like, like they're 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 we're winning. Yeah, the, the sixty four win back, season. Yeah, right, the sixty four win season. Like, why would they do something? Then when yeah. you get then when you got in the playoffs, it was like maybe they should have did something. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. So, so, so it's like that's a hard thing to do. Is to make a move when you when you when you're rolling, and this this has an opportunity where they could be rolling, mm-hmm. and then you're like, ah, we're gonna just ride this out. Whereas, if it's not necessarily rolling to the to their liking, then that's when you get towards the end, maybe you know maybe a month out from the deadline, because I I still think by the end of December you know what you you know what you got mm-hmm. like they they will have. You, you you'll know what kind of team you're gonna have moving forward. So they might be in that January, like, eh, we need to start looking and seeing what, you know, let's 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 reduce what we've been asking for. Uh, but then it's also you might find a team that is more you know that that that's that's more desperate and be maybe willing to give up something. Yeah. That you've been really wanting. Like you like yeah. you like team maybe out there, you're like, okay, well that's what that's what we've been wanting is that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're looking at that team, and you can go with them. Like, look, man, give y'all Aiden if you know you see where y'all at. Like, well, and they may not have that, to. That, they may not have to look too much further than the team that we just were talking about that they discussed a trade with in June, with which was Dallas, right? Like, I, I just Dallas, it's right. hard to to look around the league and find a much better partner for a deal than that. And, you know, I, I think just to kind of use them as an example, it's like, it seems like the package, well, they cut JaVale McGee now. So that, that was a sticking point. Like 
trying to get a team to take back a player that they moved on from who's already not, you know, productive anymore. Like that 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 felt a little disingenuous from Dallas in the first place, but he's gone now. So it's something around Rashawn Holmes and and Tim Hardaway Jr. But from there, what 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 changes? Like to me, could it be a a pick? Could it be Josh Green, who I think would inevitably come up if, if I'm James Jones and I want some of those, you know, mid-prime vet type guys who are about to break out and, and do something better on a on a good team. I mean, Dallas has been a pretty good team, but what can he do on a great team where he's have to, having to do even less? Um, something right. like that. And I do think those are the conversations that will happen, but um, I don't know. I mean, the thing that I always come back to with him is just they've set themselves up in a way where he's pretty important to what they want to do. And so, you know, if, if the selling point is like, okay, you know, Josh Green or a pick gets added in there or something else, like, great, that sounds good in terms of value. But so now my center rotation is, is Drew Eubanks and Rashawn Holmes going into a, a title run. Like I don't, that that's not doable, right? That's not tenable. So you have to get a center back for him basically, or you have to feel good that you're going to get a center some other way, but good luck, you know? So I don't know. The more I think about it, I, I don't know outside of just being crazy aggressive with one of these exceptions and putting a bunch of picks on the table and getting the next Rui Hachimura who really impacts things down the stretch for a good team. I'm not really sure what aggressiveness would be the in season because they just don't have a lot of a lot of stuff left to do here. But maybe that protects somebody like Ishbia from some of his more extreme instincts. If it's just like our hands are tied, Matt, I don't know what to tell you. Right. You know, right, right, right. We're gonna just we, you know, I, I'm not not in a position to do what you know what what what, what, the, what the call is for. Yeah, and and then but but that but Dallas. If anybody needs a big, it's Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like you, you let me literally watching them right now, and you look at the white power and you go, "No, yeah, this, is, this, this, this isn't going to get you where you want to go." Yeah, good player, active, live body. No, you put DeAndre with Luca and Kyrie. Now you got. You you got something that's like whoa like this like this right here you you can now you can you can put some some stuff around them and make it and make it work but then it becomes if your son you're like okay well look mm-hmm. we're, we're really helping you with giving you eight yeah so you really got to be helping us and what are you willing to give us that makes us feel good about this and so that's where and I and I've said this so many times I'm gonna just say it again. The fear of DeAndre Ayton is you trading, he becomes what you want him to be. Mm-hmm. I, to live with that is going to be like, I mean, you, you, if you're the Suns and then you trade this guy and he ends up being that, that guy, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. for five, seven years, and you're living with that, and you're seeing that either twice a year, three times a year, four times a year, depending sure. on where he goes. That's hard, man. That, it that, is. That, that's a hard thing. It is hard, but at the end of the day, I think you know if 
if it is a move that precipitates yeah, you eventually winning a title, then championship, you don't care. Exactly, right. right? It's the same thing as right, right. yeah, it sucked to get rid of, of Mikhail Bridges. That was not something you do easily. You would have liked to do that trade and somehow keep him, but if Kevin Durant brings you your first championship, then right, it, right, none of right, it matters, right. right? So I think it would have to be right. a deal that made them feel like it either kept them afloat on their way to winning a championship or somehow made them even better, which, again, I'm skeptical. We'll see. But uh, that will wrap us up for today. I think that's a good encapsulation of some of the different things going on. Big picture, culturally, uh, leadership-wise with this organization. You can read Dwayne at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com for daily great coverage on the Phoenix Suns. And I will be back tomorrow, although less than tomorrow by the time you're hearing this, uh, first thing Friday with part, what is it, 10 of the preview series. And we have three more to go next week. So hit follow or subscribe, get every single one of those episodes as well as many more throughout training camp and beyond in your feed. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.